Hello friends, the house lights have gone down and the cheers are going up. It's time to welcome our headliners for the show. They've restrung their guitars, they've finished their vocal warm-ups, and with a final check of the set list, a high five, and a prayer of thanks to God above for the simple joys of rock and roll, they're ready to take the stage. Would you please make very welcome the lead singers of this supersonic podcast, Mr. Adrian Warhope and Mr. Leon Leroux. Gentlemen, what musical jousts, what sonic thought experiments have you prepared for us today? Hey, Leon, welcome to episode four of Supersonic Chat. I'm excited. Uh, I am also excited, but I think I've been brainwashed and I need your help. I need to know, if have I been sold a dummy? Am I a fool? Uh, Did you buy a bad album? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Let me tell you. On Saturday, I woke up. It was raining. I went into the lounge room. I looked at my couple of hundred records uh, sitting there, probably uh, worth a couple of thousand bucks of records sitting there, and I wanted to play some music. So you know what I did? I streamed music through my phone to a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? Well, hang on. Well, well, how come you didn't choose the record that day? Well, not only... Didn't I you do listen to your vinyl. It's not like your vinyl's there for decoration. I know you listen to your vinyl. True. At the point too, I also looked down the back where I've hidden a deluxe version of a moon-shaped pool by Radiohead that I've mm. stuffed down the back because my flippin' dog chewed it to pieces. Oh. 150 bucks worth <laughs> chewed to pieces. Oh. What the hell is going on? I can stream that album for my $12 a month through my service provider and yeah. off I go. You're right. I listen to vinyl. I didn't grow up in a vinyl era. I grew up, as you did, in the CDs. CD era, right? Yeah. So I have a CD collection. Uh, I don't play a lot of CDs. I do have a record collection and I do play vinyl. But I'm like thinking to myself on the weekend. Is it a waste? What the hell am I doing? Mm. I thought we needed to kick this one around a little bit. Any uh, any first well, thoughts, my friend? My first thoughts on this is that vinyl is less about the object and more about the process of listening. All right. To because explain that to me. You have to, to listen to a vinyl record. There's a whole bunch of steps that you have to do. To, to put that record on in the first place. You've got to turn on your amplifier. You've got to find your record. You've got to get it out of its carefully out of its little cardboard packaging and then carefully out of its little piece of plastic and then carefully put it down so you don't wreck it. And you've got to carefully put the needle down. And there's a, that all that care and love that you're putting into that process as well as the time that it takes to actually get that music playing out of those speakers in the first place. I think sets your mind up to be ready to listen properly. It's definitely a, a dedicated, focused experience. Not only that, you put it on, you walk away, you gotta flip that record in about yeah, fifteen you, or twenty minutes. That's right. You got you've got about you got about yeah, somewhere between fifteen and twenty minutes before you actually gotta turn that thing over. And if you don't, that, that music stops and it's done and yep, it doesn't keep going. And if you really wanna to listen to that record, then you've got to you've got to flip it and actively listen to the other side. And and back when I was, you know, when when 
we were listening to CDs and, and sometimes you could buy tapes as well and tapes would have that, that flip that you had to do. And you'd, you'd hear music in halves. It's like your intermission between the sides. And sometimes I think that would be really important to how it sounds like, for example, um, Rage Against the Machine's first album, I had to flip that and it would start with Know Your Enemy on the other side, which sort of has the same sort of sound and the feel as the first track, Bomb Track. And there's this, this sort of um, symmetry in that album. And I think there's something in that with with um, with vinyl as well. I mean, look, I don't listen to vinyl. So is, yeah. do you find that? I agree. I agree. I, there are certain sides or, or if it's a two LP, sometimes I'll go, I want to start with the second LP because I like side two or side four or whatever it is. Um, why you love music as much as I love music. Never got into the vinyl thing, Leon. T t tell me about that. Well, to be honest, I probably would if I had the space. Yep. Um, if I had the space in my pla in my in my abode, I probably would. We used to have this beautiful Bang and Olufsen um, vinyl uh, turntable um, and speakers, and man, the sound out of that was exquisite. But we just ran out of room and had to we had to get move it on. And I think at some stage I actually would enjoy. It. I've in fact got vinyl records. You do. That I would not get rid of from that time. Like I have yep. a demo from Primus on vinyl. Yep, a vinyl demo from I didn't like know 1986 or something like that. Whenever it was that they first were kicking around and and coming out with their first. Um, our, our, the glue of our friendship is it, it, early days is Primus. <laughs> yeah, well, is that fair uh, to say? A, a mutual, uh, yeah, absolutely, and a, a, a mutual, a mutual love friend for. of ours. But a mutual friend of ours bought me that as a present. And, oh wow! Yeah, and it, it, it's one of my prized possessions. And I look forward to the day when I have turntable and can play it again. Isn't that interesting? Because you love that object, even though you you don't. Play it, I can't play it. I can't play it. Wow. And, and we have, we have, and you know, my wife has, has a bunch of vinyl, which we're one day waiting for the day where we can play it on that because I actually enjoy that process. There's something nice about that intentional process of I am now listening to music. Yep. In this busy world where you're screaming, streaming, you're scrolling, you're flicking, you're clicking, you're, you're on, everything's connected. It forces you need you, to divorce you yourself. To, uh, yeah, it forces you to make sure that the music is not background. Oh, that's a good point. That's a re that's a really good point. Look, um, you you know I'm involved in this uh, product as part of my professional life. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to know that vinyl is growing and has been growing single, low, double digits year on year for the last six or seven years. Really? Um, that long? And this year, vinyl will out surpass it will surpass cds as the biggest chunk of value in physical music for australia oh for sure who buys cds they are declining at about 30 40 percent year on year they are still loved and they're still a big part of it um but i think as we delve into this a little bit more about why vinyl have i been brainwashed right. am i a fool are you really you're sort of asking a little bit about the music quality too yeah, all of the above. So, well, I don't reckon. Look, I reckon that there probably is a difference in the musical quality because MP3s compress the music file. They 
probably change how it's how it sounds somewhat but i reckon that to majority of people who are listening to the to that music on a pair of earbuds that it really wouldn't make a huge discernible difference i don't think you could really hear the big difference and sometimes i think even in, in earbuds you can actually hear things that you can't hear when it's coming out of a big speaker Potentially, and and also to that point, digital service providers are increasing the quality of file that they stream. So mm. you can now pay extra for high fidelity, which is equivalent to CD quality streaming, ah, right? So so right. it's you know, and then people talk about the warmth and the, of the analog sound of vinyl and all that. I think that's to do with the speakers. Uh, it is, and the crackle and the you know the the, the dust on the needle and all of that. What's yeah yeah uh, well, the ritual on, of it too. Yeah, but on on that point, um. There, there was something that um, that Frank Zappa said years ago that when because he was asking he, he got asked the same question about vinyl and why it's and you know why people would still listen to it and CDs were a thing at this time and and their quality was much better and he said that any time that there's any kind of um, new technology that surpasses another one. Um, at first, it does seem like it's going to be superseded, but then after a while, people get nostalgic for that and then actually crave the very things that people always criticised of it so that people then crave that exact poor quality of a vinyl record and its its crack and its pop that, and, and all those sounds that are associated with it which disrupt the musical listening experience. People actually want it. Wow. And. And you watch, I think there'll be, I think people will be into things like VHS and stuff like that at some stage very soon. It probably is happening now in some niche mm, probably. Uh, on the internet <laughs> as well. Frank Frank Zappa was onto something there, I think. That's a really well, interesting point. He was a bit of a visionary. Yeah, I, look, I have done a little bit of research and you read in our last podcast, you read something to me. I'm going to read something to you written Please. by that written by that man. Oh, cool. Um, which I actually did not know that he wrote. I was looking for a specific quote and, and I found that Frank Zappa in 1988, when he wrote a book, which was published in 1989, had, had suggested the idea of music streaming. Wow. Okay. Before the internet existed. What? Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. Hit me. It's going to take a little while to read. That's all right. Um, and these are excerpts of the most pertinent bits. Ordinary phonograph record merchandising as it exists today is a stupid process which concerns itself essentially with moving bits of plastic wrapped in pieces of cardboard from one location to another. Put aside momentarily the current method of operation and think what is being wasted in terms of great catalogue items squeezed out of the marketplace because of limited rack space in retail outlets and the insatiable desire of quota-conscious company reps to fill every available slot with this week's new releases. We propose to acquire the rights to digitally duplicate the best of every records company difficult-to-move quality catalogue items, store them in a central processing location, and have them accessible by phone or cable TV. What? Directly, yeah, directly patchable into the user's home taping appliances with the option of direct digital-to-digital -digital transfer. And then he lists a few ways you could achieve that. Um, so what he's essentially saying is you, you could stream it and then tape it. So it's That's not incredible, but you tape it like so on demand. Yeah, at, and at that time it would have taken a while to do, but you could then tape it and then listen it, listen to it from a like a, a, a 
um, cassette tape, for example. But the theory um, and the concept is there. That's pretty remarkable. Well, that's, that's well. Great. This it goes on. Ready? <laughs> in it, it um, all accounting for royalty payments, billing to the consumer, etc., would be automatic, built into the software for the system. The consumer has the option of subscribing into one or more special interest categories, charged at a monthly rate without regard for the quantity of music the customer wishes to tape. What? <laughs> yeah. He nailed it. He, he wrote this in 1988. Okay, now, this is the bit that I'd like to get to as well. A visualisation of the cover art, including song lyrics, technical data, etc., could be displayed while the transmission is in progress, giving the, pro the project an electronic whiff of the original point of, point of purchase merchandising built into the album when it was an album, since there are many consumers who like to fondle and fetish the packaging while the music is being played. <laughs> it is... <laughs> Fondle and fetish the packaging. That's what and we I, do. This is, I think, part of the reason why physical sales are still a big thing is because people love to look at it and stuff. And you know, you get you get you listen to your your, your music, your MP3, and you have this tiny little little thumbnail of the cover art, and you go, Oh, it looks such like an interesting image. The amount of times I've Googled yep. a some cover art because I'm like, oh, I'd like to get a better look at that image because it's such a cool looking image. And it provides context and it helps you engage and, and access and enter into the music. That's right. And I think there is something in that. And that's something that I actually miss. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. So this is super interesting. Very, very interesting because it ties into some stuff that I've, that I've read um, about, about the transitioning nature of, of, of music and specifically the purpose that physical music fulfills now right so back in the day in, in frank zappa's day and in our day in the 90s the only way you could listen to music was buying a cd or buying a tape or buying a record or taping it off the radio but you had yep. to own that product to play that music right yep. so it was a function it provided a, a function and a service um and but but things are changing now right you can get any song that you want pretty much in your pocket, on your phone, streaming on demand for 12 bucks a month. It's mm. like a commodity. Music's transitioned. Digital has made music a commodity. It's like gas, water, electricity, music. Each month. Oh, a monthly bill, right. You pay your 12 bucks and you mm. turn on that tap and music streams out. It's <laughs> whatever you want. And unfortunately, it, you kind of, some people can mean it's just, oh, it's on demand. It just streams out. They don't engage. They don't dive in. It's, it's, mm. It becomes a real commodity. So I think that could potentially be a future, a future podcast idea. Oh, yeah. What it, how do you engage in something that you can just turn on and turn off at will? You don't have to t lift that needle and put it down. How do you get somebody to engage in that? How do you? How does an artist cut through? How do you break through when it's just streaming out of the tap with a billion other songs? Well, I think I think you're on, with that vinyl thing. You're onto it. But, you know, they they offer these limited things that only a few people can have. Correct. So this is where music and physical music specifically, it's no longer providing servicing a functional need. It's transitioned completely into an emotional need. So it doesn't. Mm. You can listen to music whenever you want, but physical records deluxe packaging all of this stuff it provides an emotional connection and emotional fulfillment and really talks about um 
uh, physical stuff being a big part of a fan centric experience now. Um, well, you know, yeah, and and also that physical stuff. Like people love the idea that they're owning something because we want to fetish and fondle the object. <laughs> and Carol and Frank Zappa, it's, but it's like if if you don't have a like on, on streaming, you can get taken off. Correct. Then, yes. Oh, I don't have it anymore. I don't have access to that. And and to me, I've, I've heard a bunch of stuff which which has been changed. They've they've put a new version onto onto the album, and I'm like, Happens I don't want to hear the time. this old this new supposedly improved version. The other one was so much better. Change the track listing, tra- the track oh. order, add tracks, mm. takeaway track. Kanye West Forget does it. it. Don't has do done it. it. Yeah. Oh. Destroys the concept of what a body of work is. It's an organic exactly. growing thing. Look, it's no. kind of interesting, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And 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 I've got a whole lot of CDs, boxes and boxes and boxes of them. I'm not going to throw them away because I, I like knowing that I've bought that album and it's going to, like, if, even if something happens to my streaming service, I've got that album there and I can dig it out if I really want to. For a long time, Tool was not. On streaming, correct. The and, Beatles and were so slow to get was, on. Oh, exactly. Yep. And those were the only things. That's the only way I could access that music. Yeah, that and that that harks back to that. You need a backup copy to to provide a function for that music. Um, mm. But I still think that that there is an emotional connection. Like for example, I stayed up till midnight the other night because uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard were dropping their pre-order for their new album, and I had to get the limited edition. First copy of the first 2000 uh, vinyl copy of that record. Now, it's not going to ship until weeks after the actual album comes out on November 20. Mm. But I will have that and I'll be able to fetish and fondle that object <laughs> and create a connection and feel good about myself and close read to the, the artist inside. Read the notes and look at the Ooh, artwork. What font have they used? All of that stuff. <laughs> and, it, and it makes me feel happy. It brings joy to my life. It's some kind of emotional connection because I'm a fan and – uh, you know, it doesn't provide like, the function listening to music. It provides would, the I'm emotion. Gonna of keep, I'm going to keep bringing it back to art. I'm sorry, Adrian, yeah, please, it's please. Like when you, it's like when you you can see an artwork in a book, um, and it's it's just beautiful and you love it. But then you see it in real life, and even if you don't own it, to see it in real life is something special. And sometimes it's because you see stuff that you couldn't otherwise see and the colours are just better or something. But sometimes it looks exactly the same, but it's so much more special seeing it there in in, in its physical form right there. The, the power of that sacred object. Three-dimensional shape in time and space, in your hands, in your presence. Yeah, well, with an artwork, you can't even touch it. But, you, but it's right there. It's right in front of you. It's there. And, and there's an aura about that object and especially with a vinyl ob- with a vinyl thing you know there's only 200 or 500 presses of that thing it's like ooh, i have one of those things correct it's limited it's and and you've got it and it's a connection emotional connection thing do you when know my daughter my daughter goes crazy about if she gets a limited edition toy she gets nuts over it she's all limited edition yep. she's young and she she gets crazy over it you feel special yeah, interesting. Do you know is, you know the artist uh, Brett Whiteley? You yeah, you know, you know art better than me. So uh, Australia's most overrated artist, anyway. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, no, no. <laughs> Please, uh, art. You know, art. Uh, 
you know, you, you uh, teach and live and breathe art a lot more than mm. me. Um, but my office is near the art gallery in New South Wales. So sometimes at lunch times, I would walk down into the, there is a big painting that yeah. caught my eye and I would stand in front of it. And it is this, um, it's a Brett Whiteley painting of Sydney Harbour, I think from Lavender Bay or something. Yeah, the, I know the one. Do you know the one? A, there's like a, there's like a um, reclining deformed nude in the front. No, no nude, no nude. This is the majority of the painting is this massive blue. The blue does something to me. Massive blue ocean Uh, with the weird seagulls of the harbour harbour bridge and all this stuff. Whatever it is, but I could have just sat at my desk and looked at it on my laptop. But I would specifically walk down just to stand in front of it to divorce myself from this world, to be in its presence, and just to feel the emotion and the connection in the moment, which is what vinyl does, right? You're in that moment. moment. Being present in the moment, yeah, and it's being—it's oh. that—it's that Buddhist idea of of being of being um, just present, you know, and just not thinking about the past, not thinking about the the future, just living right now with the experiences you've got right now, and being mindful of that. So I, I think I think that's part of that that vinyl experience is, especially when you do your sometimes listening parties with friends and yeah. you you sit there and you just listen. When else do you get? It's like meditating. It is, it is, it is uh, bringing you back to to to, your, to the moment, uh, to your home base, to connect mm. and focus, be with to friends, feel something. To feel, oh my god, do you know, like to feel something yeah. really deeply, to feel, yeah. and really just put your entire attention on that thing. That's the joy of being human, right? There's something that's that's the place of art in our in our lives. And this is for me, the music. value of all culture. Yeah, it's powerful. The value of all culture is is that that connection with with yourself and with other human beings who have created this this beautiful piece of cultural production, whether it be a poem or a song or a painting or a play or a piece of music. Mm. It's it's why we live, I reckon. We live for this yep. connection with other people and that expression of ourselves at this moment in time. It's it's wonderful. It's the most important thing. I think it's the most important <sighs> thing you can do is cultural production. It's it is a powerful, important thing. I, I love it. Do you know? I started off this podcast saying I felt deluded. Have I been deluded? Am I a dummy? Uh, have I been fooled or brainwashed? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because you've you've invested in this object, and this object keeps giving, and it serves a purpose higher than just. Uh, sound coming out of it. It, it there is something yeah. greater there a, a, an emotional connection an enjoyment a, a ritual a process um and yeah. and uh, you know you say talk about paying 150 dollars for for a moon shaped pool and, and oh you know you feel like do you feel duped well i mean you could buy a, an original brett whiteley and it would be very expensive that is true. But you could buy a print of his work too, and it would be not that expensive. But you know, there's lots of them out there. But if you yeah. bought the original, yeah, there's that there's the, or if you buy one that there's if you got get a print and there's only twenty of them in the world, yep, then that is you could almost say objectively more valuable. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, what is value? Value is just what someone's willing to pay for it. Correct. Correct. Ah, very, very interesting. Very interesting. I feel, I feel good. I f- again, 
this is a cathartic experience to talk through some of this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love, I love collecting vinyl. I love talking about music. I love fetishing and fondle and yeah. fondling yeah. these products. It's great. Oh, well, Thank I you, Frank spend, Zappa. Yeah, well, when I was an, when I was a teenager, I used to spend hours just reading through those reading through those things and and looking at the way that it was written. And it, it sort of gives you a bit of, especially with Radiohead. Oh, those yeah. guys go out of their way with their with their um, what they produce physically to go with their albums to give you a sense of where their head was at at the time um, of recording or, or um, once the recording is over to give you the full package visually and orally. Yep. This a moonshape pool came with a strip of the quarter inch tape that they'd used in the studio. Oh yeah, I'd heard about that. <laughs> I heard about that. Ridiculous. I loved it. But potentially you could drag that across a across a tape thing and, and hear part of the track. Yep. It's like cartoon and animation enthusiasts spying an animation, getting an animation cell, you know, I guess it's something special about <laughs> and getting a single arm. A, a single arm of just in the middle of a clear sphere. And they go, this an artist put brush to you know, paper, and and now I have it, and I can appreciate it. It's great. yeah, no, but it it I think there's there's you know other other people might say that's really ridiculous and silly, but if you personally get something from it, that's not a waste. If you yeah. continue to get, if you get something from it um, initially, and then it just loses all of its charm and, and you get immediate buyer's remorse then oh well then you have wasted your money but if you yeah, continue true. you just go oh yeah this is yep hey i still love my streaming service it is convenient it's functional it's it gives me access to anything if you bring Stream. up some kind of band that i some noise band that i know nothing of <laughs> we were talking about black pus the other day I, I had never heard of them. I looked it up straight away and listened to it. You know, I didn't have to. It was right there for me, so yeah. I loved it. But and, um, and when you buy an album, well, like back in the day when you only had the option to buy something, there was risk there. And I didn't take risks when I was buying albums only because I would just go, I have to know that it's good. Like especially when we were teenagers and like, Twenty five bucks was a lot oh, of money. It was a lot of money, and so you'd you'd be you'd be making sure one hundred percent that you you enjoyed every single second of that before you shelled out your money. Whereas now, oh man, I take with streaming, I take risks like it's going out of style. I'll go, oh, yeah, I'll play that, and I'll play it for a long time. I go, oh, yeah, well, that was fun, but no thanks. Or I go, wow, I cannot believe I've never heard of this band before. Yep. It's part of that journey to fandom, and once you convert to a, to being a fan of something, then maybe you want a stronger emotional emotional connection, and you can start buying, engaging mm, in other yep. ways with bands, yep. be it merch, live shows, oh, yeah. vinyl, collectibles, yep. all of that yep. stuff. Well, um, it, um, it, it's you know this this idea of of especially now um, of having online um, online. Uh, concerts that you can visit and yep. things like that. And and then there's merchandise that is associated with that particular event. Yep. And anchor virtual. to that emotional experience. Yep. Yeah. And, and people love it. Yeah, it's true. Oh, it's good. Well, look, in, I mean, in summary, you know, 
I think that music's transition from from physical being the functional way you listen to it to now being an emotional way you connect with a, with a piece of art. Uh, that's the role that vinyl and all this kind of stuff plays. It's very. But I think I think it always was there. It's I think that this this the vinyl is just sustaining that. Yeah, and amplifying that. I think it, it's changing, especially in the commodification of of music through streaming services. It, it really does highlight uh, the need for a, a better way, or a bigger way, or a deeper way to connect. Yeah, through I mean, through buying it, and physical and that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it sort of. T- I'm sort of being tangential here now. I know. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to wrap up, but nah, people still buy books. They do, they do, and I think they always will. And I think that goes back to Mr. Frank Zappa's quote: "People love it in their hands. They love to fondle." Uh, Yeah, and and yeah, and untwine it. But I think there's something about um, the physicality. Yeah, you know, the um, moment, focusing, being present. Exactly, exactly. Because I've read books digitally and I've read them physically and I think the physical version is much more pleasurable. I agree 100%. And I don't know why. I don't know why. That's a question question for another time. I like to be a reflective person, but I don't Mm. know why I enjoy books, physical books more than than digital. And I'd like to know why. But anyway, and and. That's also something I think I would why, is why I'd like to own a vinyl collection because I think that physicality is would powerful. Be, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's that that object that has that resonance. If you are listening to this right now, I'd love to know: Do you love vinyl? Do you hate vinyl? Do you collect? What do you collect? Other if it's not mm. music, hit us up or on musical uh, related collections. Musical related collections, set lists picks why oh, yeah what is this all about uh and again we want to hear about the the joy you feel on your journey of fandom and appreciation of music as art hit us up at uh facebook supersonic chat you can also send us an email at supersonic chat at gmail.com uh, again episode four thank you for listening and leon thank you for being uh thank a sounding you. board and a source of wisdom and and inspiration um this has been a cathartic experience for me once keep again. bringing those questions adrian I'll see you next time. See ya.